name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So why do we have Lent? You don't have to answer. But as people, and as Catholics, we're, we're very rational in our faith in a lot of ways. So as people, we want to connect the dots. We want to make sense. We want to know what this is all about, what the meaning is. And it's important to have a lot of play in our faith, amen? Because we get so serious, and the world's so serious, and the world's going to just run us over, and the finances and stress, but God wants us to enjoy our lives with him because heaven's going to be a long time if it's not enjoyable, amen? So he just wants us to be able to look at things and more and more understand, and as we get more and more understanding, that brings more joy into our lives, and it expands our hearts. So I'm going to give you three vignettes kind of to keep this question in the back of your mind, why do we have Lent? And then maybe by the end of these you can figure it out and you can tell me the answer. Then we'll be done, okay? So when I was uh, halfway through college, I was a sophomore in college, and if I looked at the state of my soul, and that's what this is about, looking at our souls, and when I was there, I was sad. I was a sad soul. By the way, sad means Satan always divides, S-A-D, sad. So we're, we're divided from the Lord, we're going to be sad. I was sad, I was very, as St. Augustine gives this image, you can become caved in. That's kind of sin, and it's a narcissism, you're just caved in. Surely, no relationship was getting in or out, because those are too dangerous and people can hurt you. So God wasn't getting in out, other people weren't getting out, very protected. And I was just basically living this life that was antithetical to what God created me, me to be. So I was there at that point in life, but uh, then I went to and transferred colleges to Franciscan University in Ohio, and I was kind of just blown out of the water because usually you go to college, and college is about, it's a lot about me, myself, and I, and how am I going to get my own, and how am I going to party, and all the things that go along with that. And I got to this college, and, and people actually would stop and look at me and say, how are you doing? And they would actually, like, listen for a response. And I wasn't used to that. And they were joyful. And I wasn't. Remember, I was sad. Like, and and they, they lived the same human life that I did. And they had the same problems and from divorce, whatever, all, all that. And I go, what is this? And then over half the campus that, where I went, they went to daily mass. They believed that this was the God of the universe feeding their forlorn souls. And... You know the question I was like, where'd you get that? Where'd you get that? I want some of that. What, what's the juice? So that, that one vignette. Another vignette, I remember finishing like a, a mass. There's like a thousand kids there and other people. And this mother and the, the daughter come up to me. This is 20, 25 years ago in Portland, Oregon. The mother and daughter come up to me and they, they go, where are you from? And I'm like, oh, I better get this right. You know, where am I from? My mom, my dad, you know? And... No, what they wanted to know, where do you get that joy? Where do you get that enthusiasm? Why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you, why are you a priest, priest? They want to know where it's from. I'm, I'm from Jesus. He's the one that's filling my soul with this joy and this passion and this energy to do what I'm doing. And then a third vignette, last week and after Mass, I was eavesdropping on people at Coffee and Donuts, and I just heard this lady... Obviously, she'd never been here before to the celebration of the Eucharist here. And she goes, what a great community. I'm thinking, kudos, you guys. Way to go. You keep doing it. Bring more people in. That's awesome. 
what a great community. And she goes, and I love the Our Father. Our Father, we belong to each other. So this is the answer why we have Lent. Because in the early centuries, just after Christ, these pagans, these learners, these neophytes, these catechumens, they were very open and public about their sin and their need for God. Any sinners in the congregation this morning? I think uh, the Catholic Church would do a lot better drawing other people in if that's where we started in our relationship with those who aren't coming to church and saying, hey, I'm just a sinner, man. And Jesus, sweet Jesus, is having mercy on me and saving me. Let me tell you how he saved a wretch like me. Let me tell you how I was so lost and now I'm so found. So those who were Christians were looking in on this. They were seeing their radiant joy at Easter, new life, new birth. And they're saying, hey, wait, they can't have all the fun. I want to be a part of this. So they joined in with them. And that's how Lent started, because they saw it. And they saw the power of confessing your sin and repenting and coming back and the joy of Easter and that radiance and that kind of life that they could live. And they joined in. That's how Lent began. People saw it. Those who are Christians saying, I'm kind of living a ho-hum life, kind of going through the motions, routine. You ever seen that in your own life or somebody else, a rote Christian just kind of going through the motions? That's, Jesus is anything but rote. Jesus is anything but mechanical. Jesus is life and filling us with his being. So that's how Lent began. And then we've used this gospel since the fifth century to talk about basically the temptation to be taken away from our first love. And if you're choosing anything but your first love, even in your marriage, it's not going to work because there's only one who can fulfill. So I would just like to talk about one temptation today, not necessarily the temptations of what we see in the gospel today to power and possessions and prestige. But what I'd like to talk about today is the temptation to neglect the inner life. The temptation to neglect the most important work, the work of the heart, the work of the soul that the Lord has for us. What a great temptation that is. You know, in the past, there used to be work and home. I think we've lost home because it's all work now, because we have cell phones, because we have computers. You know, when I was sick with COVID a few weeks ago, I'm kind of, well, a lot of ways really stupid, you know, like thousands of people have my phone number or hundreds. And so I'm there sick and it keeps coming in. Can you do this or what? It never stops. It's always with us. And so... We don't have like a workplace or we have a workstation. Our homes are workplaces and workstations. We're out for dinner, workplace, workstation, always going on. And it's just continuing to uh, bombard us. It's 24 seven, it's all in. And then there's breakdown in our lives and just how we can be just literally become so burnt out because it's always, always, always on. And we take our cell phones to Disneyland, to the beach, to the bathroom, I know none of you have done that. 
in the bathroom, but if I was a Betty man, I would say. So we neglect this inner life, the inner life of the heart. But when we started Lent, and as I was praying, coming into Lent, I'm like, ah, I love this season because we get to come home. And the church is really smart, saying, you've, you've been wandering, you've been busy, you've neglected your heart, come home. And let me fill that, which is the center of your life, which everything proceeds from. So we celebrate that Lent is very much in our DNA. Now, there's different images of Lent. The religious image we have today is going out in the desert. Going out in the desert is, is about becoming vulnerable. Jesus fasted in the desert. It wasn't necessarily that he fasted from bread or water for 40 days, but he did deprive himself of that and other comforts so that he could deal with temptation and open himself to God. So he surrendered. He was vulnerable. He was naked before that, looking for a deeper trust in the Lord. Yes, the temptations were there, but then he could be more open to God because he didn't have all these distractions. And so that's the re religious image. An anthropological image is in Greek mythology, there's this image of people going under the, the planet Saturn. So people who would be like sad and despondent, they would go there and they would take some time out and they voluntarily choose that so that they would deal with what's in their hearts, that sadness. And spending that time and voluntarily choosing that to deal with what's in their hearts, they could learn the lessons that they can never learn without doing that. They would never learn them outside of being in that place. And that's an image for us when we think about what, what God's calling us to in terms of our inner life to come before the Lord. And so, Lent. I already told you that when I was halfway through college, I was sad. I was caved in on myself and I was living a life that was antithetical. So why do we have Lent? so that we can look at that and that we can deal with that. Why was I caved in? And how can I become the opposite of that? Because we're called to become the opposite of that. Jesus opened himself up to everybody so that they might have life. And that's what the Father's call was for him and for us in him. That's what our call is, is not to be caved in and not to be living a life that's antithetical to the life that Jesus has, the opposite. He wants us to be in love, to be in love with him and to be in love with each other. And ultimately to bring everybody into that love for always. And so I had to sit in that and say, why is this? And I've, I've got to learn the lessons because I want to become who I was made to be. And so what I, I offer to you is you got to sit in your ashes. Sit in your ashes and come before the Lord and say, this is what I'm dealing with. And... I need to take time with you and to let you be with me. I need to taste this. I need to touch this. I need to feel this. This absent, absence of you and my need for you. And then as we do that, then we can learn the lesson and come out on the other side to a deeper joy and fulfillment what we're created for that we'll be one with that take a look at your inner life 
slow down. Stop distracting yourself. People have come to me in this last week in all my ministries like, this is so important, what I'm dealing with. It's nothing what you think is important. What's important is your soul. Sit in that, those ashes, that, that sadness, that despondency, and let him take us to deeper meaning and fulfillment. This is the heart of our faith. This is what we're about. He waits. He awaits you to deal in him as we sit in the midst of that. And that's the only way we're going to get there. And we'll never learn it. We'll never learn the lessons we need to learn unless we do that. Unless we sit in our sadness and our despondency. Sit in our need and we vulnerably surrender to the joy and fulfillment that he's always intended for us.